Welcome to The Founder's Mentality, a startup podcast. My name is Josh Feedy. I will be your host on these shows. I've brought together some of my friends to discuss what it means to create a business, to take an idea and build your dreams. On this third episode, we'll be talking to my good friend, Muhammad Abdurman, who uh, is part of a beta cohort with me and launching a very, very exciting new product that I thought everybody might want to hear a little bit more about. So let's have a conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, episode three of The Founder's Mentality. I'm Josh Feedy. I'll be your host today. Uh, I have somebody sitting next to me that uh, I get to sit next to on a pretty regular basis now. Um, at this point, we're both in the uh, beta.mn uh, uh, program, uh, so we have our startups going through that. Uh, before I get into this too far, uh, and before we start talking about kind of your background and what you've done, uh, let's start with just who you are and what you're currently working on right now. Get a little plug in for your current business. Sure. So uh, my name is Muhammad Abdurman, um, and uh, my current business is Clutch. We make a product, Clutch SOS, uh, and it is a safety platform that helps you uh, take care of your friends and take care of yourself in case you're in trouble. It records audio, location, etc., and uh, can connect you with your friends when you're in trouble. This is the founder's mentality. This is totally unscripted. Uh, you're coming into this podcast without any sort of warning about what kind of questions I might be asking. And the reason for that is I, I honestly want this to be just a free-flowing conversation. Okay? No, you got it. Founder to founder, um, you know, let's just try to dive into some of the things that are really important to you um, while you build your product. So I've got um, this notepad, but it's got nothing yeah, on it. It has so. three letters on it right now. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I suppose I can ditch these headphones at this point too, because here we go. Um, all right, so on to the podcast here. So let's talk a little bit about your background because you are... Uh, not uh, a first-time founder. This this is uh, what your second company now. Uh, depends on how you look at it. Okay, talk to me. Uh, well, the first uh, company I started, I guess I was like four, uh, selling selling my grandmother's plants without <laughs> her permission. Yeah, okay, um, that counts. Yep. Yeah, but uh, this is my, I guess this is my, it's it's my third uh, startup in 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 the phase of being an entrepreneur that I'm in now. I okay, guess. okay. Yeah. And your second startup, Remo Health, let's talk about how this even came to be. What was the, what was the background b b behind how this even came to exist? Sure, so I had done a couple startups in town and I worked, um, I'd worked for a, an enterprise SaaS company, okay. um, uh, Workface under uh, Leif Larson, it's now called Engage Co. Okay. An investor uh, who had invested in the company uh, pulled me out to be his apprentice for a year. Okay. That was awesome. Yep. And I got to get a better understanding of what kinds of things uh, investors look for mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in a startup. And then while I was doing that, I was working on a startup uh, at the same time. I was in grad school, okay. trying to get my PhD. All right. And my father had a series of strokes and heart attacks. Uh, and I started asking myself real questions. At the time, I was building a company that um, kind of helped you get, save 50 cents on your latte effectively. Okay. Um, yep. The loyalty <laughs> That's program also very kind of important. Yeah. yeah, really critical yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but I just I just wasn't feeling it, yeah. and um, when my when my father got sick, I felt like I needed to apply whatever 
awareness and skills I had mm-hmm. in that direction. Okay. And so, but I, did, I didn't quit my degree program either. Sure. So simultaneously, I was doing my PhD, I was teaching, I was running a nonprofit. We were getting music education for 1,500 kids across the Twin Cities. Okay. And I was building uh, what uh, now the current CEO of Remo uh, he saw a picture of the earliest prototype. He's like, don't show that to anyone. They're going to think you're building a bomb. <laughs> um, uh, and so basically what I did was um, I went kind of MacGyver on it. So I went and found some toys. I went to Joanne Fabrics, and I, I broke some things and twisted wires together. I didn't even yep. know how to solder at the time. Yep, okay. Um, and I made one of the early smartwatches. This okay. is back when Arduino was just starting to pick up a little bit of steam. All right. And uh, the whole idea was um, with my father, he, w- he, was, uh, he was a sales guy. He probably would use sales reach if he, if mm-hmm. he was able. Um, <laughs> who'd walk in, walk in, shake people's hand, know everybody's name in a second. Yep. And, um, you know, suddenly he had lost his ability to even get around his own home. Right. So we were big fans of superhero movies and Star, star Wars and things like that. And mm-hmm. so I said, you know, what if I can make him a superhero? So... I designed a smartwatch that would be able to uh, track his vitals, yep. but also give him the power to uh, control his environment with okay. gesture alone. So you yep. could point at a light, do that, the light turns off. Yep. And it, that applied for HVAC, TVs, etc. Okay. And that was all in my dorm room at Nikki Town. Wow. Wow. What was the team? I mean, that wasn't you by yourself alone, was it? No, the team All was right. dangerously un, unqualified. <laughs> okay, um, as many times they are, right? Most yeah. people in town who I told told me you're going to blow somebody's arm off, kid. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they told me not only that I couldn't do it, but that you can't do it. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. my PhD is in linguistics. Sure. Linguistics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so people people thought that was completely crazy. Yeah. Um, and so. I got together with a buddy of mine at the time. We'd been racing um, experimental vehicles across the country. I know that sounds ridiculous, yeah. but it's true. It does sound ridiculous. I'm gonna um, fact check this one afterwards. It, but yeah, check out. Check, yeah, there's a there's a there's a solar race car team at the University of Minnesota. Okay, and I used to be on that team. Very cool. And so a buddy of mine, um, uh, we got together and we had uh, we started playing around with this. And then we recruited a couple of friends. Yep. And uh, one of them was a civil engineering student, which has basically no immediate relevance yep. to what we were doing. Yep. Um, and we just moved along slowly but surely, and we started picking up other people. One of my best friends, who had been um, uh, a co-founder in my nonprofit, came on as our treasurer or okay. as our CFO. All right. Yep. Um, and then the CEO who succeeded me, who had also been doing a project with that nonprofit, came on as my COO. And yep. A guy I had heard speaking yep. um, became our uh, business development guy. He's yep. now the CEO of the company, and that's great. It just it just kind of rolled along. I'm hearing two things that um, are are very important here. Uh, the first one is being told you're not going to do this, right? Uh, this podcast, uh, like I've said in previous podcasts, this is not about me. This is about my guests. This is a similarity we have, though, and I think that this is a fuel. Uh, that that really uh, gets a lot of other founders going in the right direction is being told they can't do what they want to do because nobody gets to tell us we can't do what we want to do, right? And sometimes being told you can't is just what you need to ensure that you will. That's one thing that gets a lot of people started um, and that worked really well for me. The other thing though that you pointed on uh, that has rung true in your current venture as well um, Many of the best 
ideas and the best companies and the best products that I've seen people build are out of personal experience. They have some knowledge in the space, something that really uh, pushes them um, to ensure personally that this gets done. And so you've already kind of told the personal story around your father of why Remo Health came to be. Let's talk a little bit about Clutch because I know that Clutch also has some personal elements to it as well for coming to exist. So Clutch again, uh, it, it, it helps protect people, yes. right? Why, why did you want to create an application to help protect people? <laughs> uh, that's kind of a confluence of factors. Sure. Um, so after I left Remo, I went on to be a CTO of a company that uh, does uh, product design and, and uh, mostly non-technical stuff yep. around the world. Okay. Um, and I was honored to be a part of that company, but um, there were things I just, there were things that I couldn't work on. Yeah or that I, I couldn't consider um, in that role. And uh, at the same time, I started teaching again at okay. the University of Minnesota, okay. uh, where I had finished my PhD, so they brought me back. All right. And we had the school shootings, we had um, lots of sexual assaults on campus, mm -hmm. et cetera, and what I, what I was teaching is, um, it's at the intersection of language and society. Okay. So, uh, what are the differences in the in the speech patterns of men and women? Yep. Uh, the powerful and the less powerful, the rich and the poor. Yep. Um, you know, even even things down to why we say pro-choice and pro-life. Yep. Right. Yep. And so, because I was talking about these social issues, and because I mean, frankly, I was a brown professor. Sure. Um, yep. I had uh, young women and minority students and whatnot coming to me saying, you know, what does you know what what does what what's the linguistic import of consent yeah or other things like this and it, yep. it, it became a little bit a little bit difficult okay um, finally there was a shooting that took place and um, my TA and I we I said you know we wrote it on the board we talked about um, these safety issues yep. and tried to make sure it was clear that everybody could could be free and you know here's what the resources are for mental health here's what the resources are for sexual assault stuff and 30 days later, some, enough things had happened in that month that none of us could remember what it was that it caused us to do that in the okay. first place. Yeah. And that blew my mind. And uh, I mean, eventually I got to a point where I felt like I needed to do something. Yep. Um, and between, between all of the safety challenges that, that we face, yep. I felt a need to, uh, to, to take care of myself and my students. Yeah. The application that you're building there's an uncomfortable feeling to what you're creating. And we've had a lot of conversations around this recently because um, you want to talk about the benefits of this and you want to talk about why this needs to exist. But talking about it and making the facts known are a very scary thing with the product that you're creating because we're talking about a lot of very scary situations that users using this device it's recording these scary situations. How do you get that message out? So first, it yeah. is actually really hard. Yeah, um, absolutely. And you know, in, in my work, I, I interview a lot of folks mm -hmm. um, across all the different, you know, gender lines, socioeconomic lines, sexual orientation lines. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not even sure I even see the lines anymore. Sure. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, so I collect a lot of stories mm -hmm. um, 
And my reaction to that initially was to be very clinical about how right. I talked about all of these things, and it right. wasn't helping. Right. Um, so now I've kind of landed in just being a little bit more clear, but in talking about the story that I think is going to connect best with the people I'm talking to. Right. Because um, if you, in terms of uncomfort, I mean, to, to put, let's make it really clear what we're talking about here, yeah. right? Yep. Um, active shooters are terrifying to people who have kids who are K through 12. Yep. Um, so sexual assault is terrifying to people who have daughters and sons. Yep. Um, and, you know, the, the policing situation and how people feel about it, regardless yep. of uh, what the facts are in any particular town or city, yep. uh, make everybody feel uncomfortable. Yep. Um, and so, you know, it can be, it can be difficult. Yep. Yep. But at the end of the day, we need to talk about it, right? Yeah. And so um, I guess my hope in even bringing this up is uh, to help give you that gentle This nudge. is proof that it's not scripted. I think our approach is different from the vast majority of safety product companies out yep. there yep. in that we're not really just trying to provide peace of mind. We're actually trying to end the problem, which is yes. counter to, like, you know, if, if I sell bread, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to end hunger. Right. Right. I'm Perfect. trying to be a part of the hunger temporary solution. Yes. Right. But for myself, for my baby sister who's at U University of Maryland, for all of us, I'd like to see us be in a world where all of us are safer. And I don't believe that that would take away from a business model for my company. Yep. And so I, I focus on trying to create solutions that. Um, actually solve an issue and are yep. sustainable. Yep. Um, but no, it's, it, it's absolutely different. I mean, yeah. on the one hand, five years ago, I was turning grandmas into Jedi. Right. Right. No. Today, I'm talking about, like, rape. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a different, it's a different oh, yeah. world. Turning grandmas into <laughs> Jedis is officially going to be the title of this podcast episode, <laughs> by the way. That's perfect. Um, <laughs> noted. All right. So um, let's get off of the companies right now for a little bit. What I want to talk about is uh, building a team. That's one thing that I've seen in, in the way you work. You, uh, you have a team around you. Um, talk a little bit about the importance of finding people with skill sets other than your own skill set to help you get that product where it needs to be. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I do things as a team. I took a class um, at the Carlson School while I was, well, I was doing my PhD in linguistics. Yep. Uh, that demonstrated that um, when you're trying to do something innovative, you have a better shot at creating a, a, a more complete product yep. and also at just surviving the journey if you don't go alone. Yep. Um, and uh, in my earlier uh, startups, I can say that, I mean, as somebody who is majoring in uh, cognitive science, but what is housed in liberal arts and social sciences for most people, mm -hmm. uh, Nobody thinks you're the smartest guy in the room, so you can actually, you know, get things done. Okay. <laughs> okay. If that yep. makes sense. Perfect. That's before yep. I got my PhD. Now, yep. now, now, <laughs> now it's now it's uh, different. But um, yeah. but you know, I, I'd say that I'd say that you know, for, from my perspective, I, there's so many there's so much to know in the world. Yeah. Um, and. Remember, um, JFK said, uh, the greater our knowledge increases, the greater our ignorance unfolds. Yeah. Right? Yep. So I, I love having people around who have uh, different experiences 
and not just in 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 work or education, but in life. In life, absolutely. I, I, I can say that that one of the the great benefits in um, in Clutch is, you know, we 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 take ideas from from users yep. across the spectrum. Yep. Um, so you know when I when I inter- like I interviewed a, a, a trans woman mm-hmm. from uh, a rural town. Yeah. And it transformed the way I approached Absolutely. these issues. I'm sure. Right. So, yeah. like, uh, yeah. But building a team, I, I look for: um, do they do what they say they're going to do? Yep. Um, do they have a skill set that's appropriate? And yep. um, early on, I'm willing to take a chance with mm-hmm. somebody who's really motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably just be based on my own style of of entrepreneurship because people sure. have told me I couldn't do something. Yep. But I also look for folks who have done something that is similar to what I'm doing yep. or, or trying to do. Yep. So if, I, like, if I'm developing a mobile app, I want to hire somebody who's got some experience working on a mobile app. If, yep. I'm, if I'm doing something in healthcare, I don't care that they never worked in a startup in healthcare before. Right. But did they ever like, do some volunteer nursing or something? You know? Sure, sure. Well, and it's similar to um, you've you've had the opportunity to listen to snippets of uh, some of the uh, first two episodes that I've been editing behind you in our desk. So it it echoes something similar to what Mitch Cupid said as well about building a team, which is you know in those early days when you're starting up a company. Um, you're not going to want to be hiring top top executives. You're going to want to be hiring people that have just very recently done something very similar to what you're asking them to do. Right? I mean, very rarely do you have the money and the resources no. to do that. Also, no. the traction. Yeah, it's really funny. A lot of folks who'd be eminently qualified to work with you. Yep. Um, well, it's not really funny. They're not. They're not ready to work with you yet nope. because you haven't. You haven't proven yourself, and that's. Yep. And that's and I don't I, I haven't seen the whole Mitch uh, interview. I, I yep. only saw a few bits, but yep. um, but even if you've done something before, yep. I'll say this: I have the benefit of having done something before. Yep, uh, a few things and things that people just in the area, in the environment, in the ecosystem, or whatever, yep. are aware of. Yep. So it's easier for me. Than it would be, but that doesn't make it easy. Nope, doesn't make it easy. Because <laughs> you know? um, people are like, no, I want to, I want to join that other thing. You know, the thing that right. already exists and has investment right. and right. sales. And the thing where I have the guaranteed paycheck at the huge salary that I yeah. absolutely want. Yeah, absolutely. But I think one other thing that uh, is a commonality uh, between you and I uh, that I know from just our <laughs> conversations um, is that we both have a tremendous respect for the hustle, um, and we've both lived the hustle. Right. Um, when you were starting your early businesses, you were doing this while you were still a student. You were doing this while you were still in school. While I was launching my current business, I had a full time job for the entire year and a half that I was trying to get this thing off the road. I was also side hustling and doing marketing strategy and consultation with people. I had essentially three jobs while I was building this. It helped me keep going. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that that's the same for you. Right. Um, sometimes. Um, just the act of staying busy helps you stay grounded so and focused. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a, it's an amazingly powerful thing to just you know people always say that uh, being busy is overrated, right? I personally thrive in it. I love when I can't accomplish everything I have to do because it keeps me moving forward. It doesn't allow my brain to shut down momentarily, which then turns into a week of no work. So I um I, I so. While I was while I was building Remo, mm-hmm. right? So I was uh, doing my PhD, yep. right? 
I was taking classes. I was teaching classes. Yep. I was doing my own research. I was working on another research project. Yep. I was apprenticing a VC, and I was a market strategist <laughs> for uh, the number eight ranked CEO in whatever year, entrepreneur. Yep. All simultaneously. Yep. And in each role, I had imposter syndrome. Yep. In oh, the, yes. Working for the SaaS company, yep. the teammates were like, why are you here? Yep. Except for one, yep. Evan Carruthers, who went on to start Docalytics, which got acquired by Contently. Yep. Um, let's see. But all along the way, it was crazy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I worked, you know, I... I I've heard it. I don't. I don't remember the term for it, but it's kind of like when people brag about how how hardcore they are, how busy they are, how burnt out they are, something like sure, that. Sure. I don't remember the term for that. Sure. I'm not bragging about that. Yeah. What I'm saying yeah. is that there there is some virtue in it. Yeah. So I won't yeah. say how many hours I was clocking. All I'll yeah. say is that it was a couple. It was a lot. But yeah. the the transition moments were difficult. Yes. Right. Yeah. So on the one hand, it's like all right, we've got to raise money for this hardware product. Yep. And then on the other hand, it's I've got to let this person go because right. they're not hitting their fundraising numbers for the nonprofit. And then it's, yep. oh no, my dissertation uh, is terrible, or yep. this paper I'm sub submitted isn't going to get through the journal. Yep. And then on the next spot, it's, okay, this kid is clearly cheating. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's yeah. like, what, what, do you, what do you, and I was trying to have like an active social life too. Sure. Which is a total. Yeah, forget it. You can't do all of these things, right? But it does, it keeps you going. So, I mean, there's, look, this is uh, not everything you hear from every founder is going to apply to your life, right? Not everybody uh, wants or can have that kind of lifestyle uh, and build a business successfully, right? But many are that way. Many are very much that way. And so if that's the way you're wired, um, embrace it. Don't feel like you're pushing yourself too hard and that you should take a break. Maybe what you need is to not take a break right now. Yeah, it just depends on the person. Yeah. Um, I mean, I suffer from um, entrepreneurial, you know, shiny object syndrome, the oh, same yeah. as a lot of others. Oh, yeah. Um, but the difference is, I think, I think it's, it's being able to identify a hit. Yeah. And then also being able to identify when to quit. Yep. Right. Absolutely. And I've I've had I've had multiple at bats for things where I'm like, is this a hit or not? Yeah. And I give it, you know, sometimes six days, sometimes six months. Yep. And then I'm like, you know what? No, it's not. Yep. Or yeah, I'm I'm dropping everything I'm doing to do this. Absolutely. And, I've. Yeah done exact, that exact thing with you. And that's why we're not up here saying that we've founded 1,500 businesses, right? Uh, you give them a week or two, you feel it out, you put together some sort of MVP, right? Put it in front of people and you find out, will someone pay for this or not? Is this a need or not, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you move on with your life. And I think that that's an incredibly uh, uh, important thing to have as an entrepreneur and as a founder is the ability to walk away when all the signs are saying, Nobody needs this. Move on. Oh, for God's yes. Oh my God. So, so, uh, the, so I was working on something simultaneously when I was working on the loyalty program. Yeah. I was uh, working on a pepper spray company. Okay. So safety comes back. Okay. Yep. At, at the time, yep. I had been dating somebody, and I was like, you know, campuses aren't safe. I want to. So I was trying to build pepper sprays, basically chemical warfare. Yes. But, yes. But, and I thought it'd be cool. And then, mm -hmm. I, but I hadn't done my research. Yep. I learned really important how important it was to talk to customers after that because I realized yep. the people I'm trying to sell to didn't want to buy it. Right. Not that it wasn't a great product. It, right. it, it could be, right. but good products are defined by whether or not 
the user wants it. Yeah. <laughs> not not if it's you know cool. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, it's an important skill to have as a founder. Um, we see people. Uh, all the time spinning their wheels on uh, because they haven't tested enough. They just want to see it happen and that's fine. Um, but you do need to know when to let go and to move on to the next idea. And so it's it's fine to cycle through multiple things. So yeah. like I like yeah. you know I when I so I was in school. Yeah. I was dating somebody and she's yeah. like, you know, if you start a company you need to tell me and I'm like, yeah. I don't know how to do that because the right. line between ideas that are spinning around right. and something that's actually going to become concrete. Yep. If you take a really broad view. Yep. I started 13 companies last week. Right. If you right. take the really, if you take the really narrow view, yeah. Nothing's no. happening. Nothing's happening. I'm just, right. I'm yeah. just like shooting the breeze with some friends over coffee. Yeah. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to edit this one down a little bit because we've definitely gone over the time. Because what I want to ask you a little bit about here is um, being a part of these accelerators. Right. Yeah. So obviously it's it's something that is working for you. You're in two simultaneously right now. Yeah. Uh, you've been in them in the past. In two cities too. In two cities. Isn't I mean, this, this is big. I mean, you're no. on each side of the river right now. It's which just is, a longer commute. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but talk about that. I mean, how are for for any um, for any founders out there that are looking at the myriad of accelerator options uh, that there are um, just even in Minnesota alone? Um, right, and maybe you're questioning: Is this a good thing for my business or not? What has your experience been? All right. So the first accelerator I did was um, Microsoft's out, in, out when they opened one up in Redmond. Okay. Um, and we were in a special undisclosed location that Microsoft engineers couldn't get to us unless they were like allowed in. Really? Yeah. It was super top secret kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and that was that was a cool experience, but it was in another city. Okay. And I had I had been working really hard just to get us there. Yep. And I also, you know, I mean, God, it was okay. So the day the day I pitched Microsoft and American Family, which invested in us. Yep. The day I pitched them is also the day I earned my PhD. Okay. So I didn't I wasn't on campus <laughs> to get the piece of paper. Yeah. Because I yeah. was there. Yeah. And that they, they we did the deal the same day. Wow. So, but that that had a hugely transform, transformative experience for us. Yeah. Because there were engineers with tons of experience in building products, not wearables yet. Right. But they were able to say, look, you know, like at the time we, we had a, a, a band, it wasn't a watch yet, it didn't have a face. Yeah. Talked about, okay, what's going to be the UX for uh, a senior citizen yep. working with that? Yep. Very important. You know, yep. paper is going to be good, but something that they can look at, they'll tell them what's going on, it'll be helpful, and there could yep. be other things you can do with it. Yeah. We wouldn't have gotten that if we had been at an accelerator that didn't have hardware experience. Right. Yep. And so I would say that um, my own experience is it will absolutely, if you get into an accelerator mm -hmm. and it's competent, Yep. because anybody can throw up a, a, a sign. Right. If it's competent, it will absolutely expose the flaws in your business. Yeah. And those flaws could be your your plan, your marketing, your team, yep. or, your, or your product entirely. Yep. And yep. it's, it's, pretty rare that a company will go into one of these programs and then come out not in some way changed. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm doing it, but I'll say this also, you can get into a kind of accelerator application fatigue. Yeah. And it can it can become the thing that, that you're pushing towards instead of building your business. And I'd yeah. say that building your business is so much more important. Yes. You know, they say if you're, if you're, uh, what is it? If you're if you're chasing investment, you're not chasing customers. Yep. Nobody cares about your business unless you have customers, because you right. don't have a business unless you have customers. You do not. So getting into a program is not success. Yep. 
Yep. Success is smiling, happy faces and dollars exchanged. Yeah. No, that's great. I'm, I'm glad we talked about that a little bit, though, because I think that that is something that's very important when you're looking at the accelerators that are out there is to make sure that those accelerators are going to align with what you're looking to do. If they don't have experience in the space that you're about to play in, what value are they really going to bring you? Right? Absolutely. So you need to be vetting out the accelerators just as much as the accelerators are vetting your business out. But it's also relevant to consider, so I mean, we're in, we're in Minneapolis, yep. uh, which is uh, you know a relatively big deal for the Midwest, but considered flyover country by the folks on either coast. Right, yeah. And so, you know, the velocity of money here is a little bit slower, yep. et cetera. So, yep. You know, being in beta or being in lunar or being in one of the Techstars programs, et cetera, yep. is kind of, there's, it's also its own little vetting process for yep. all the money that's sitting around wondering, all right, how do I know this company from, you know, which company I should even pay attention to? So, yep. so even th there is, there is a certain kind of uh, validation, if you will, yeah. that can come with that. Yep. But again, the rate of success or rather the rate of failure for companies that go through these programs whether what it's not to say that just because you got into something doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you're going to be great in fact the right. reason you got in is probably because they thought that you're on a good trajectory that's perfect we're going to end it on that note thanks so much for being on the show i appreciate it very much everybody check out clutch sos when you get a moment and thanks for joining the founders mentality so what do you think pretty good right we have plenty of other episodes on our website at thefoundersmentality.com and don't worry, you don't only have to listen to these episodes. If you prefer to watch a video, we do videotape every single episode and post them every other week on our website. Again, the web address is thefoundersmentality.com. This has been Josh Feeney. It's been an honor bringing this information and these guests to you, and I hope you continue listening. Don't forget to give us a share. Talk to you next time. Bye.